As if this week's markets weren't volatile enough, a lack of direction and, I don't know, holiday trade? The commodities are a little hard to watch right now, I'll be honest. Fortunately, there is plenty of other super important stuff to discuss with our panel. Live from our weekly conversation about everything via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's our Friday for Reaper Hole with panelist Jim Wiesmeyer from Pro Farmer, Sean Haney from Real Ag Radio, and we welcome April, her royal hemis from Parts Unknown. Directly following the news, Jennifer Scheck from Farm Journal's Pork. I'm outstanding host and moderator, Davis Michelson. Welcome to AgriTalk on this lovely Friday morning. Lovely. All right, that was a lie. I'm starting off with a lie already. 47 degrees and cloudy in Kansas City, 80% chance of rain. We would absolutely take every bit of the rain that we can get down here right now. It's dry, people. Uh, I don't think we're as dry as some other places out further west, Kansas, Nebraska. Dryness, obviously. Sure, we've been talking about it. Um, but, uh, hey, we'll we'll take it where we can get it. You know what I mean? I guess I would we would take some today here. Um, I hope everything is is well in your world. Uh, we were putting, I was putting together a list for topics for our panelists today on the free for all, and then the lists and suggestions started coming from our panelists themselves. They're fired up and ready to go. They've got a lot to talk about, and we've got April. She's just back um, on a trip to China. Jim's been traveling and speaking. I'm sure Sean has plenty to report, and so I'm just going to kind of kick back and let it happen today um some of the uh some of the market moves i was talking about you know it's a little hard to watch okay yeah perfect example right here cattle futures you know they were green for like 10 seconds this morning and now we're lower i've got the uh, fat cattle let's go to the february down 52 and a half 167 40 currently here at 1008 central time feeder cattle uh just slight losses the front month down 55 cents, but the rest about 25 to 30 cents lower in your feeder cattle. Lean hogs. Now we've got the May and the June contracts uh, slightly higher and everything else is lower. Corn is lower except for the September contract, which is a quarter cent higher. That's interesting. Uh, soybeans lower. Meal lower. Oil lower. Wheat were a little bit more mixed. Hard red winter wheat lower, uh, but spring wheat and soft red wheat slightly higher on the day i don't know what's going on maybe it's crude oil should we look at crude oil what is this down 41 cents in the january 7117 on the wti crude oil hmm. interesting i don't know what to make of it but uh like i said our panel has a lot on its mind and i'm anxious to get going with the gang so with that let's talk about some usda daily export sales We've got reports of 134,000 metric tons of soybeans to china during the 23-24 marketing year and 447,500 metric soy uh, metric tons of soybeans to unknown destinations during the 23-24 marketing year. In the National Weather Service weather outlook, there is a slight risk of excessive rainfall over parts of southern Georgia and Florida on Saturday. There's a slight risk of severe thunderstorms over parts of Florida. Now, didn't it just say that? Oh, rainfall. And then some thunderstorms over Florida as well on Saturday, I guess they're saying. Uh, and some light snow over parts of the Midwest. It sounds lovely. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley says things must change between the Ag Committee's two leaders and the two parties if the new year is to see a new farm bill. Grassley sees more trouble ahead for farm bill efforts next year if the two sides and the chair and ranking member remain dug in to their positions. The uh, senator had this to say. What I've observed in the last six months is resistance to by Democrats to putting more farm in the farm bill, which basically means increase in re reference pricing. And secondly, mostly an issue between Stabenow and Bozeman uh, is this issue over the, if you save money in one title, you can't spend in another title. Uh, ongoing with the farm bill. We'll, uh, we'll get Wiesmeyer's take on the latest here. The Biden administration announced just today that will it will adopt a methodology favored by the ethanol industry for claiming tax credits on sustainable aviation fuel. This marks a significant victory for the U.S. corn lobby. The law allocates tax credits for biofuels that can demonstrate they cut greenhouse gas emissions by 50% or more. Farmland values in Iowa rose again. 
but at a slower pace than the two previous years. The annual Iowa State University Land Values Survey found that farmland values increased 3.7% to $11,835 per acre. That follows an increase, uh, follows a larger 17% increase in 2022 and a near record 29% rise in 2021. You add that 3.7% onto a 17 and then a 29, and there we are, 11 grand per acre farmland values in Iowa. Mortgage rates have dropped to levels not seen since August as the Federal Reserve hints at potential interest rate cuts next year. The average 30-year fixed rate mortgage is now at 6.95% with further decreases expected. The National Milk Producers Federation applauded the House of Representatives for passing the Whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act. The act expands the variety of healthy milk options schools can choose to serve. We spoke with Robin Schmall from eggmarkets.net yesterday on the PM show final segment, the fourth segment, um, and just sort of hit the bases on this, what's important about this, what might it mean for dairy folk and dairy producers moving forward. Um, check it out if you didn't get a chance. Ooh, and we got to talk about this with the uh, with the panel. Argentina's President Javier Millet still has the intention to eventually replace the country's peso with the U.S. dollar, despite the recent sharp devaluation of the peso as part of an initial economic shock therapy, according to Argentina's economy minister. And with that, let me bring in Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork. Jennifer, good morning. Good morning. Uh, bioluminescence. That's a great word. Can we talk about <laughs> bioluminescence? Well, it is a great word, and it, it could be doing some great things, I think, for the pork industry. A new okay. um, study just came out about livestock trailer cleanliness. And, you know, we we all do it. We kind of look, does it look clean? And we all know that looking clean isn't necessarily clean. And so um, in a recent Swine Health Information Center funded biosecurity study, they took a look at using basically um, ATP instruments to determine um, ATP bioluminescence. So basically, it's kind of like the chemical process of firefly uses to illuminate. So okay. when there's more ATP, which is a source of cellular energy in living organisms, so think bacteria and things like that, it it glows brighter and it has a brighter light. And so basically, I'll let you guys get in, dig into the science because it's hard to explain in a short amount mm -hmm. of time. Sure. But, they, but they took a look at it and were able to find out that um, this is a, a great way for being able to see if livestock trailers are really clean, clean enough. And so they kind of found areas that were more commonly problem areas such as like the back door flush gate and the nose access door. Those are areas that are a little harder to clean. And so tools like this can help us do a better job of biosecurity. And we all know these transport trailers are really kind of a key thing that we need to be taking a look at because they're moving all over the place and we don't want to be spreading disease all around. So anything Absolutely. we can do to slow that down helps. For sure. And what a, what a great tool, you know, you, you go through, you think you've got it clean, but then just to make sure, maybe you go through with this bioluminescence and find those spots that you just need to hit just a little bit more. It's fantastic. Yeah. Jennifer Scheich, thanks for your report this morning. Thank you. That was Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork. Okay, uh, let me see. Do, do, do. We have Jim, we have April. Do we have Sean? Uh, he'll be here. He'll be here. We got the free-for-all coming right up next. It's your pal Davis Michelson behind the big green leafy microphone of Agritalk. So glad you're along with us. Stick around. The free-for-all is about to start. Leave low yields in the dust and never look back. Rev up your return on investment with Syngenta. Our innovative portfolio of crop protection products outperforms and outyields any deal, giving you higher yield, and profit potential at the finish line. Syngenta, where better yield is the better deal. Always read and follow label instructions. Let's face it, nobody likes to compromise. When it comes to your soybean fields, you shouldn't have to choose between powerful weed control and keeping your crops safe from stress and injury. Thankfully, there's Tendovo, a broad-spectrum pre-emergence herbicide formulated to fight weeds without sacrificing crop safety, delivering a higher potential yield for your fields. Tendovo, raising the pre-emergence bar one clean row at a time. Always read and follow label directions. Please check with your local extension service to ensure registration status. 
Tis the season for milk component production. The days are getting shorter and temperatures start to drop. We're all subject to these seasonal changes, and cows are no different. Research shows that there are strong seasonal patterns in milk yield and composition. Understanding seasonality can provide an opportunity to increase a herd's milk component yields. Visit novusint.com resources to learn how Novus's methionine solutions can help to give your bulk tank a boost this holiday season. This is Andrew McCray, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from Northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in their industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends for grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com. Hello? Man, where are you? I thought you were coming. I can't. I'm in bed with the flu. <coughs> the flu? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grandma's about to crowd surf. Man, I'll call you back. Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths, and I invite you to join me each morning as we cover the nation's food system, from fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between. America runs on agriculture, and here at Ag Day, agriculture is what we do best. Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk, everyone. Your pal, Davis Michelson. So pleased that you are here with us. Now, I don't know, in case you haven't heard me say it like all hundred times earlier this week, Chip will be back on Monday. He's out this week. Um, he's doing stuff. Much much needed break. little vacation. Yeah, he's he's doing what he loves most. Our panel is fired up and ready to go today. I might not even have to do anything from here on out except open the shoot. Let me bring in Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy OG. How's it going, baby? Pretty good. Back from Newton, Kansas, my 12th consecutive year talking at the MKC Co-op. It was a good meeting. Uh, bottom line, they're still dry there, but they recently, some areas got 12 to 18 inches of snow. It's all gone now, but they were in a better mood. Newton, hmm. Kansas. What's is, Where is that? North of uh, Wichita. Oh, okay. Sure. You betcha. You betcha. Uh, let me uh, also bring in Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze from Real Ag Radio. Mr. Haney, welcome to uh, AgriTalk. It is great to be here again, Davis. Of course. Hey, has Chip bagged anything? I haven't seen any texts from him. So has he had success um, in, the, for, in uh, the wild? Apparently, the spaying and oh, neutering of deer is going very, very well. I'm not sure what from that he would bring home in a bag. It might be weird. <laughs> <laughs> and let me bring you know in what? maybe maybe uh, mounted on the top of the truck there's that maybe, yeah. Look, yeah. Once yeah while you see that during hunting season someone puts the white tail on top of the the cab of the truck that's right great. right he uh he may need a bigger truck chip chip always does really well he's uh he's pretty savvy out there in the woods april hemis uh welcome back to agritalk uh hello how are you hello i'm here okay so i just First of all, I can tell you're around my age because you play my kind of music at the beginning. <laughs> but you didn't call me. You called me only your Royal Hemis once. So, you know. Just the one time. So far. So far. So April. far. Well, because I'm I kind of got a bone. Rock and roll. I kind of yeah. got a bone to pick with you. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. My <laughs> wife, my wife is a broadcaster. Okay. Down here in Kansas City. Uh, yeah. She is a huge fan of April Hemis. Because I'm lippy or what? No. It's because you uh, you've been a, a guest on Marketplace with Kai Rizdal on NPR. Oh yes, I, yes, many times. Like for Tell, he's been on my farm and driven my combine. You've had Kai Rizdal on your farm. You know it. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's I'm kind of a big deal, uh, Davis. I'm just saying. evidently, <laughs> evidently. I can say that without laughing. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're we're sure proud of you. I mean, I I can't think of a better farm representative um, 
to to talk to the good folks on Marketplace at NPR. If you're not familiar, Marketplace is a show on NPR, and they talk about markets and places. And uh, April has been. Well, on you there have with- to remember that audience. It's the third most listened to radio station in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So you have to know the audience, which knows very little about farming. Mm-hmm. You know, so I like to bring the farm to them and yep. explain things. So I love it. Yeah. yeah, I've I've listened to NPR for years, and I got to be honest, I've never contributed. I feel bad. I feel like I should maybe. Oh well, now oh, you it should. Got quiet. It got quiet. Marketplace <laughs> going. Yeah. Jim Weisfire, whole milk in schools. This is pretty exciting. Uh, yeah, but Stabenow put the kibosh on it uh, for for several reasons. Yeah, so we got a delay on that. The key word in Washington this week is backwards, not forwards. On farm oh. bill, we had a kerfuffle between the House. Uh, Democrats and Republicans, um, all sorts of things on China trade. Will we have another trade war? Uh, Here we go again. Mm -hmm. Where does one get one of those pretty snappy T-shirts that uh, Representative Thompson was wearing? On the milk thing? Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't know. Why is whole milk controversial? Why why is whole milk controversial? Thank you. Thanks, Sean. That's what I wondered. Because it tastes good. Okay. Because it's full of it fat. It was a 2010 health and fat rule. fat is good. Fat that, is good I, I, for you. Yeah. They've changed the way that they're they're measuring fat, the way that they're qualifying fat, and changing the ways, you know, this is a good fat, this is a bad fat. You can have this fat, you can't have this fat in order to achieve optimum health, I think is the idea there. Jim, does that sound right? Yes, and, and Stabenow says it doesn't. The bill, the underlying bill, doesn't follow the dietary guidelines. I think that was her main message there, to be fair. Oh, we just can't have nice things. We no. just can't. Right? And and next, like, come on. Nothing's well, full of fat. So do I mean, we need to blow up the underlying legislation just to get whole milk in schools, Jim? <laughs> I mean, think of that process. Uh, it, yeah, it, well, it sounds like you're saying that's what it would take. She can stop it. She can stop it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you got to convince mm. her. Interesting. Uh, China trade has been a big story this week. There have been some talk about uh, removing China's preferred trade status. April, um, you know, surprising enough that that you were allowed into China, but then they also released you and allowed you to come back. You were in China recently. Talk to us about your trip. So I've been there many times over the years, but I went there for the China International Import Expo. Now get this, 500,000 attendees. And the it was in Shanghai, and the place we went to was immense. It was like four, you know, big arenas together, you know. And um, but I mean, I I I here I am, little April Hammond's farmer, and I spoke in the ag thing, and all I just got up and talked about my farm and how I sustainably raised my you know crops, and mm-hmm. and I was sitting right next to the CEO of Louis Dreyfus. We had. Wow. Um, yeah, ministers of, and he, he actually lost, geez, don't tell him, but he, he lost his way. He lost a page and he skipped a page and he sat Uh-oh. down and he goes, geez, yeah. Well, but <laughs> my point is, is everybody got up there and had, you know, like three or four pages and they stood up there and read, and these are heads of agriculture, you know, secretaries of ag for countries. And yeah. here's April sitting there showing pictures of her farm and me combining and planting and, you know, cover crops and stuff like that. And let the MC loved it, you know, well, and I'm... the whole, the whole group was there and paying attention. And, you know, that's, what's amazing is how China is now paying attention to how things are raised that they're importing. Are they going to buy more, you know, U S products? No, they're going to buy Brazil because it's cheap. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, the, uh, they came up. So USDA had a booth for the first time ever there. And I wow. was at the U.S. soy booth right across there. But they had the ambassador there and did a talk. And it was amazing the attention it got. So no um, trade, it, it showed the importance of trade, especially ag trade in China. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what I kept reiterating. We need you and you need us. Yep. You know, yep. Jim, trade. Um, what about the trade status with China? Whose idea was this? Well, it was the, it, there's bipartisan, uh, support for this, uh, house select committee 
on uh, Chinese Communist Party, they released a report of almost 150 recommendations. Bottom line, although it did not call for the repeal of what we call permanent normal trade relations for China, uh, the nuance of it would be put them in another tariff category, and that's not going to please uh, China. Again, bottom line, I don't like this uh, tra trajectory uh, uh, because both political parties are wanting to be powerful relative to U.S.-China relations, and uh, I would watch this one. It could backfire uh, very quickly. Yeah, so and the Jim, question I is, a... is it... Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, and the question is, is it just, you know, political rhetoric in the echo mm. chamber? Is there actually follow-through on it? You know, not too long ago, President Xi was in the, like, meeting with U.S. business leaders along with President Biden, and everything seemed like, hey, this is a great restart, and everything is all rosy, and their China's opening up, and all of a sudden, not too long later, we're we're now in kind of back in nasty territory. There, there's just so much up and down in the in this. And, and I guess the question, the, the thing to watch is what what are the what are the export numbers look like? And in China's like, for example, this week or week uh, purchasing wheat, which is uh, which is a good sign. Yeah, and China and Congress has to act on the recommendations. And you know, this is a Congress that has a hard time doing anything. So that's the most yeah. upbeat. So Jim, is this just an election year play? Because I've seen this over the years where I wondered that anti-trade going into the election and then after. Uh, it could well, but as far as the election, uh, you know, uh, you've got the Trump, if he is the candidate, and if he does win the presidency for a second term, his 10%, at least 10% across the board tariff uh, would really be havoc to the state of U.S. Yes. agriculture. And yes, uh, I don't think that's been given the, the, the focus that it should. Yeah, Jim, and I agree. You... And, and he'll follow through. Like, I think we're we should be past the oh, he's just talking. He won't do it. No. Look at what happened with steel aluminum tariffs yeah. um, in, in that regard. So I think we should believe he will actually follow through on it. Yes. Can I you agree. elucidate that 10 percent across the board for our listeners who aren't familiar with it real quick, Jim? Well, that would mean the putting up uh, more barriers against not just China, but all all countries that export their their products to our country. And I don't see any carve out. Some people say that Trump could have a carve out. I don't know. I don't know about that. Because even in this uh, House Select Committee report, they discuss some of this and say that uh, if China would retaliate about some of the uh, possible higher tariffs, then uh, the Congress uh, should consider another uh, trade war payments to producers. Wow. Wow. Boy, I'm not, I'm not sure that's productive. Hmm, Agritalk, we'll have more. There I was, driving along, when I saw the corn laying down in the field, goosenecked again. Even though I tried everything, new traits, existing soil insecticides, every corn grower knows the hassle of gooseneck corn. But now there's Nerisma insecticide from BASF, a better, stronger infro insecticide that controls corn rootworm and below-ground pests. Stand up for your corn with Nerisma Insecticide. Ask your authorized BASF retailer about Nerisma and always read and follow label directions. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Time for Markets Now with the experts from Pro Farmer. Joining us now, Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady. Brian, okay, this is the second time this has happened this week. The cattle market has head faked me. Looked like it was going to go higher early in the day, and now here, all of a sudden, we hit we hit 10:30 Central Time, and we're lower across the board in the live and feeder cattle. Yeah, just really um, trying to find footing in that market, Davis. Uh, trying to forge a low, and and uh, while we 
push to the upside a little bit this week. Um, you know, just no real sustained buying and, and largely uh, because of the weakness in the cash market. Uh, so um, both cash and futures still searching for lows. And, and uh, that, that process obviously is probably going to continue as we move forward into next week. Uh, on the hog side of things, uh, you know, a little bit of price strength. Uh, so they've rebounded off their lows and, and now trying to work a little bit to the upside. But, uh, you know, the cash index there continues to weaken seasonally. And, and so buyer interest is somewhat limited as well. The volatility continues also in the uh, soy complex. I've got meal now all of a sudden is up. Oil uh, still headed lower, but uh, soybeans under pressure. Yeah, so we had another daily soybean sale, um, or a couple of them. Uh, unknown destinations in China were in, and that's eight consecutive days now. Um, with either wow. a, an old crop sale or a new crop yeah. sale. One of those being new crop 24, 25, and, and the other seven days being old crop sales. So uh, both China and unknown destinations have been actively booking U.S. soybeans, and, and yet the market is uh, non-responsive there. Uh, you know, traders are looking ahead, and, and Brazil's going to be extremely hot uh, through the weekend and, and early next week. But there is some rain chances in the forecast, and, and that's probably limiting uh, buyer interest in producing some of the selling here at mid morning. And just to check in an outside market here, February 24, WTI crude oil down 27 cents this morning, 71.64. Brian Grady on Markets Now. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. We know this past year has been challenging in many ways, but as agriculture continues to adapt, we are right there with you. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Join me each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA. There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov PACT to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come to VA. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on AgriTalk. We are back. It's your pal Davis Michelson here. Glad to be with you. Glad you've decided to spend some time with us today. Jim Wiesmeyer, Sean Haney, and April, her royal hemis, join me today for the Friday for Reefer Ho. Glad to be here, everyone. Chip will be back Monday morning. Um, Jim, let me let me throw this to the panel in your direction to begin with. I already read this this morning, but the Biden administration announced this morning it will adopt a methodology favored by the ethanol industry for claiming tax credits on sustainable aviation fuel. Um, give us some groundwork here. Help us get our heads around it. That's not only good news, it's great news, not only for the entire ag sector, but especially corn-based ethanol, because uh, that GREET model, G-R-E-E-T, that's going to play a pivotal role in determining the eligibility of the fuels. Now, we're going to have more details March 1, so you always worry about details, but it looks like uh, corn-based ethanol and other renewable fuels are going to qualify for that uh, credit uh, for years 23 and 24, and then following that, that then uh, the, the, the focus will shift toward the clean fuels credit, and that's scheduled to take effect January 1, 2025. But bottom line, the ethanol industry, the corn industry, the biofuels industry, and uh, USDA Secretary Vilsack, who pushed for this Greek, Greek uh, model, scored a victory. Yeah, it's really the opportunity, Davis, for corn-based ethanol to participate in mm. you know in 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 this this hype cycle, I guess you could call it. But it more than I'm, I'm, it's more than just hype cycle. It, there is big time money being put on what SAF could potentially be. Uh, you, you just look at uh, you, what some of the airlines are doing. We've got a, a transcontinental uh, flight that was fully powered 
by right. SAF that that just happened. So yep. this is a this is big for soybeans. This is big for crops like canola. Now we include uh, corn in that. It, it's a nice diversification in the bio of in the biofuel feedstock battle. Uh, and and it, it corn's gonna be very happy about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was glad to see they went with the Greek model. Um, the big unknown here is uh, what are they going to do with that indirect land use change factor? You know, uh, what we is that, don't April? have to. Well, it's it, uh, it's like, have I plowed up my pasture and put it into crops or okay. has Brazil taken, you know, land out of uh, rainforest and oh, put I it see. in? So, yeah. you know, things like that. And that's that I think Jim is coming in March too, isn't yes, it? Yes, those would be the details. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so we see some. We, yeah, we see some of those restrictions when Europe is buying, say, Canadian canola. There's a questionnaire or a form you got to fill out where you have to, you know, have you have you cut down any trees in the last number of years, things like that. And I think for the most part, there's been a lot of box checking that's happened, whether that's true exactly. or not. You know, mm-hmm. w- what happens when we're using satellite data to to verify? Uh, some of these things, that's where it gets a little bit more messy. Uh, something to think about in the future. And for the audience, under the rules, SAF it, it uh, 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 SAF producers are eligible for a tax credit between $1.25 to $1.75 per gallon. That's pretty hefty. Right. But, but we're not talking some sort of RIN thing here, right, Jim? That's something separate? No, it, this is a tax credit. This is okay. why the Treasury Department released that statement today. Okay. I asked that same question, Jim. I go, why is the Treasury Department yeah, doing this? It's tax said, policy. It's a tax cre- yep. Yes, yep. absolutely. They had to. They had to be involved. Is yeah. This couldn't be in lieu of some sort of ERIN system, though, would it? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. okay. I'm not hearing that either. No. Um, Sean, I'm going to throw this one in your direction. Argentina's president, Javier Millet, is uh, making quite the splash. <laughs> he looks yeah, like whole... a beetle or something. I mean, he you see pictures of him? Yeah. Long yeah. sideburns. <laughs> Looking old school. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess, you know, the, here's the deal with Argentina. Uh, new leader, inflation has been horrible. It's like 100%. Okay, so as much as you think the cost of your goods in the U.S. is going up, uh, try living in Argentina. So to deal with some of this inflationary pressure, one of the go-to strategies here is to basically take on the U.S. dollar as the currency. Now, that comes with some strings attached, and one of them is the loss of your economic sovereignty, which is, you know, he's been described as very much a populist. This is a little bit moving in the opposite populist direction uh, from a a loss of economic sovereignty standpoint. I, I wonder this, and I haven't seen much written about about it because I was looking for it this morning is how does China feel about Argentina potentially taking on the US dollar that that seems to be something that you know based on how they like to purchase a lot of agricultural products out of that country something that and in you know trying to tie up South America uh, to get it away from US friendliness I I wonder if China's got some more to say on this mm, good question yeah. Well, yeah, and this move mm-hmm. also has to be approved by Argentina's Congress and the court system. So I, I, you know, they're not saying any timeline for this expected dollarization there. Don't hold your breath. So how does you it know, work? Does it make does it make if they remove the export tariff on soybeans, like which is I think like thirty percent uh, right. roughly, uh, and and then they take on the U.S. dollar? How much more competitive are Argentinian beans on, on the on the global market? Yeah, that I'd have mm. to get an assessment. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Well, that's I know that's question. why they export. They're the biggest exporter of meal because they add that value in the country because of that hefty tariff. And he is talking about removing that tariff on soybeans. And that's yeah. what the economy's based on almost. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Argent. Yeah, absolutely. And they've had different programs in the past, but he can do that one. So he's got more flexibility on that. I'm curious, Sean, since you brought up brought up China and the and the currency thing. I mean, the, for a while there, we were all going to be running around wearing barrels because the BRICS currency was going to take over the known universe. I haven't heard much on on BRICS, and I haven't heard much on Taiwan. Why is it so quiet out of China? Anyone? Anybody got any ideas? Or or well, am I mistaken? 
It, well, no, I, I think it's definitely quieted down on, you know, the, the U.S. It was be, kind of beginning of 23, right, where there was a lot of talk about, you know, mm-hmm. the, would mm-hmm. the U.S., you know, would the U.S. dollar still be the global currency going Will forward? Will we survive? Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of fallen out of the narrative here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found it interesting this week with the Federal Reserve and some of the commentary there. Of course, uh, you know, the market really responded in a, in a positive sense that there could possibly be up to three rate cuts in, in the U.S. in, in 24 March maybe being a little bit too early on that. But at the same time, Powell also said that although inflationary pressure has come down, it's too early to declare victory. So there's a whole bunch of like mixed messages in that. Mm-hmm. And you kind of latched on to whatever was sort of your confirmation <laughs> bias on your own opinion, I guess. But uh, sounds like some rate cuts are potentially coming, which will definitely be a spark as we saw the market react. It'll be a um, spark for the U.S. economy. Yeah, the interest is killing us farmers, I tell you. It's, it's amazing when, she, I mean, people forget you know, we had low interest rates for so long, but now it's like, oh my goodness, it's over doubled, you know? So, mm-hmm. so I, I got a question for Jim on, on this is, is one of the things that Powell did say is that the three rate cuts, but the U.S. election could be a factor in their decision-making. How does the election play a no, part? No, I don't think it? he said, he shied away from, he said it will not impact that. Okay, okay, sorry, I read it will wrong. not. Okay, good. Okay, that yeah, makes no. way more sense. Okay, thank a- you. A- absolutely. And you have the New York Fed president coming out this morning saying, hey, wait a minute, uh, don't get too ahead of yourself. Uh, we uh, we can still go higher. It depends on the inflation rate. So these people saying as early as March may be premature. So yeah, well, uh, yeah. you know, you've got to get that core rate down to 2%. And it's, a what, 3.1% mm. or they're about right now. We've got a ways to go on inflation. Maybe yeah. be hold up on a little bit of your out of the mo- out of the money uh, call options. The, the bank, the Bank of England, also basically kind of provided some of the same guidance this week, where they said, you know, further r- rises aren't out of the question. So it, it seems like we're kind of in that gray area right now, where we know that rate cuts are coming, but the the timing here is going to be the big debate at this point. Yeah, well, I'm curious. And you've got mortgage response. rates coming down now; they're still lofty, but but they're coming yeah. down. Yeah, six point yeah. nine it- and change. Yeah. housing starts in the u.s or sorry in canada the data just came out this morning down massively 22 percent month over month so uh but but we've been much more impacted in canada by the interest rate increases than in the u.s uh so canada's canada's economy is desperately looking for some rate cuts vince malanga jim i know you you're in touch with him from time to time uh has been critical of the fed for telegraphing all of these moves if they're talking about oh yeah we could get three rate cuts everybody's happy yeah it's very exciting but what if we do everybody well we've expected this so any market response would probably be pretty muted right and you know god forbid we don't get three now where where's our rate cuts and everyone's in a panic over that I don't like yeah, it. Are the time are the timing of them? Yes, the market I think is ahead, but that's the function of the futures market, you know. Mm-hmm. But they, you go on the theme: are are rates going to go higher? Or are they going to go lower? They're probably going to go lower. We just don't know when, and that's mm-hmm. what's got the equities market uh, so in a in a Santa Claus rally here. They know that perhaps the interest rate increases are gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> April, you had a note here about uh, I'm assuming operating capital and what the bankers have to say about it. Let's let's get started yeah. on that, and then we're going to get cut off pretty quick here. But go. Okay. Well, I just you know I said to the banker because you know we farmers always want something. Do we need it? No. But I was just doing my taxes, and I'm like, good lord, I need to spend money. But my banker reminded me, cash is king, April. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. so and uh, I just went to a meeting yesterday and that's kind of what the bankers are telling the farmers, you know. Yeah, you might just just maybe pay the taxes and not buy something big. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got too much money laying around, huh? Yeah. I better, yeah, not, let, just, yeah. I better not let the wife know <laughs> that. Really, it sounds like a Kansas City yeah. shopping spree just waiting to happen. I, I just uh. wish I knew where it was. We've got one more segment. We got to talk COP28 uh, and some other stuff. It's going to be great. We'll go lightning round on AgriTalk with the free for all next. The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. 
I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail. Hey, y'all, I'm Kelly Clarkson. Every American dreams of creating a better life for his or her family. But in some communities, those dreams face difficult challenges. When we come together to help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. Mom's early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take. And when I left the oven on, we decided together that it was time to see a doctor and make a plan. Early detection gave us more time to seek out information and support as a family. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward, don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. We are hearing a lot about Climate Smart Agriculture, and that's because USDA launched its $3 billion investment into the effort. I'm joined by Farm Journal Senior VP for Climate Smart Agriculture, Jimmy Emmons, to talk about this program. Okay, Jimmy, these Climate Smart Ag efforts, that is your focus at Farm Journal. What are you working on? Well, Farm Journal has one of these USDA-funded Climate Smart programs. And we're just really getting it off the ground now, Chip, and ready to talk about it. We want to help producers with technical assistance, cost share to implement practices that they're interested in. And we have about 16 practices that range from nitrogen reduction to grazing land management. Unique to our project, though, is that we've been working with tech companies to help our enrolled producers gather and digitize the data that they will need to help share with the market to be compensated for these practices. Okay, now that data gathering and using it, why is that an important piece? Well, that's really where these markets are going, Chip. These food companies are out there looking for sources, inputs that have been grown in these climate smart practices for their own ESG reporting. And of course, that's where they may be additional financial compensation for these producers. Okay, perfect. So who is eligible for this funding and how do they find out more information? We're just now getting started enrolling folks, but we've really been working in 19 states from Florida to North Dakota. We're interested in row crops, ranches, specialty crops, and dedicated part of the program to small acre farmers. People can go to trustinfood.com slash grow to find out more. Trustinfood.com slash grow to learn more about it. Thank you, Jimmy. Jimmy Emmons, Farm Journal Senior VP for Climate Smart Agriculture. The United Soybean Board invested $2 million to help underwrite part of the cost of deepening this lower stretch of the Mississippi River from a minimum of 45 feet of water depth to 50 feet. And soybean farmers recognize that if you can go an additional five feet of water depth, what that means is that you can put more freight, and in our case, soybeans, per vessel from about 2.4 million bushels of soybeans to 2.9 million bushels of soybeans. Infrastructure is one of the major things that we need to be improving. Vital to be able to get our product to market and to make it more appealing to your world market. That product has to be as cheap to ship as possible. Learn more at unitedsoybean.org.
We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everyone. Final segment of the Friday free-for-all. Jim Wiesmeyer, Sean Haney, and April, her royal hemis, join today. Uh, Jim, quite that we don't talk about this very much, and I don't want to spend hardly any time on this at all, uh, except to roll it into a broader conversation maybe in the lightning round. Uh, Hunter's in trouble again. Hunter Biden in trouble, but he gave an impassioned speech apologizing for this, saying how how you know helpful his his father was and his parents and how much he looks up to his father um it sounded like according to some of the news reports it was a win for hunter biden um what did you make of it i thought i saw a tear um <laughs> let's just let's see the facts and figures being brought out i think both sides need to just have uh transparency and they haven't been Mm-hmm. Let's get mm-hmm. it out in public. Let's get it well, out in public. Let the chips fall where they uh, may. But uh, most Americans would say he should have been in jail already. Well, if his Sean, name wasn't Biden. Let me throw this grenade in your direction. Um, you being Thanks, from Davis. from outside of the United States, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> a citizen of our friend Canada, uh, dude. We've got you know. There's talk about a Biden impeachment. Um, there are legal troubles with Biden's son. We've got President Trump in in court man it i don't like the pattern that this is establishing what does it look like from where you're sitting uh chaos you want to put i can put it to you that way you know yesterday i scanned the news networks from left to right and back again and in regards to the impeachment you would think we're taught each of the those channels are talking about an entirely different situation Mm -hmm. so there there's that um this is why i've said you know what? It would be probably a good thing for the country to have fresh faces mm-hmm. because the, the country is on a or at least portions of the country are unable to give up their addiction to Hunter, Hunter, Hunter or mm-hmm. Trump, 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 Trump. Right. And using using the political system to, hey, I got you now and yeah. we need to uh, make this person accountable and throw them. In jail. It, fresh faces would seriously help the the overall health of the country mm-hmm. april your thoughts any thoughts yeah, want to wait in too busy rolling my eyes in the back of my head mm-hmm. i thought i thought the same i'm like is this the new norm where whoever comes in immediately they look for a reason to impeach them you exactly. know can we just move on and do the business of the country and get over all of this partisanship and mm-hmm. gets get stuff done now i think that we would all probably agree if there is legit wrongdoing that can be uncovered okay totally. we we do need to figure that out and and deal Proved. with it appropriately but if we're Proved setting it. a precedent yeah. here Proved you know uh, yeah, you said it right jim yeah yep yep yeah i don't okay. like yeah i don't like where it's just that's not why we elect these people right right well speaking of election uh the election feels like it's it's getting weird jim in what way well, I, 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 I mean, Trump, well, Trump has been to well, none of the debates. He's just sort of out there. He's in court. And yet, apparently, according to polls, he's he's the front runner presently. Um, you know, like, yeah, you wonder why if his and his spread uh, uh, being the leader is going up and not down. But yet mm-hmm. other polls uh, say that uh, Americans, uh, both Democrats and Republicans, don't want either one, either Trump or Biden on the ticket. So there's yeah. a lot of incomprehensibility uh, uh, on, on this one. I'm going to look to New Hampshire to see if uh, there's any any penetration of the Trump's uh, uh, lead uh, uh, on that one. And as far as Biden, if I had a hunch, I don't think he'll be the candidate. I think he's mm-hmm. uh, he's slipping in the polls of key of those key five states or so he's lost a lot of the uh 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 younger vote uh, because of the sensitive palestinian uh, israeli issue uh-huh. and uh i just think that uh he's he's biding his time because he doesn't want to bail out too soon because he'd be a lame duck even earlier so i don't think he's going to be the candidate yeah mm-hmm. he let's travis 
as Travis Tripp would say, he's in T R O U B L E. Um, <laughs> Jim, do you see? Do you see the situation where he waits the last minute, collects all of his delegate votes, and at the convention gives those votes to somebody else? Is is that a potential? Because I heard that theory this week. But they're, the Democrats are. I won't say it's easy, but easier than the Republicans on waiting until later to pick their candidate. You saw President Johnson way back when uh, he pulled out of the race was March the 29th, the year of the election. So there, there is precedent uh, of that. Uh, but I think that they can regroup and pick a candidate. Uh, Gavin Newsom would be one possibility. Gretchen Whitmer for Michigan governor. Another, uh, they have a couple of other ones. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But Biden is weakened here, not only yeah. because of uh, the sensitive Palestinian uh, uh, issue, but also uh, the, just his uh, his mental uh, acuity and oh. age. It, it's, having, it, it's having an impact now. Well, and the polls relative to him versus Trump, if he's the candidate, are terrible. And, and so that that's like I think the that that's the that's the killer for him. Yeah. And any other candidate that Biden, I would say, would probably be favored to win over if uh, you know Trump is indeed the candidate. I think the Democrat would take uh, precedence over that. That's my my personal judgment. What if do you make of the uh, changes to the Iowa caucus, Jim? I'm sorry. What do you make of the changes to the Iowa caucus? I just don't. I, I Is mean, I love Iowa. I love uh, Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it on, Jim. <laughs> it's just not. Iowa girls corn. <laughs> caucus, caucus uh, members are very sincere, but they tend to be the evangelical yeah. just of both political parties. So I don't think it's truly representative. That's why I like primaries over caucuses. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had a heck of a discussion today. We didn't get to it all, but, uh, you know, spoiler alert, I didn't didn't really expect to. Uh, Jim Wiesmeyer, always great to talk to you. I'm sure that Chip will be uh, asking for a download when he gets back from spaying and neutering deer this week. Uh, I, I look forward to hearing from you next week, buddy. Sure. Anytime. Sean Haney, Real Ag Radio, brother, always great to have you on. I appreciate your perspective, buddy. Have a great weekend. Yeah, everybody out there, too. And April, her royal hemis. Thank you so much for uh, for being with us today. I'm sorry we didn't get to the to the Kip Tom stuff. I know you wanted yeah, to talk about that. Yeah. Yep. I just want to wish everybody happy holidays. Absolutely. If you're going somewhere. You bet. That's April, her royal hemis from Parts Unknown. Uh, this afternoon, Michelle Rook takes over the show once again to close out this week. Thanks everyone for listening to AgriTalk this morning. It's your pal, Davis Michelson. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. This is Andrew McRae, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from Northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in their industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends from grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com.